Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, Tanya. Hey, Kat. How are you? I'm doing good. All right. So what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about should you take yoga teacher training or why should you or, or what are some of the reasons why you might want to? Just all things kind of centered around that. I think that's a fantastic thing because you and I both as yoga studio owners and as teachers who teach teacher training programs, like we get asked this all the time, like, why me? Or uh-huh. why not me? Or I think you'd be a great candidate. Well, how do you know? Kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I think it's a great topic because I think you and I both probably went through the same questions when we were deciding, are we going to take yoga teacher training? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I have a whole list of some reasons why people don't sign up for yoga teacher trainings. So let's talk about some signs that maybe you should sign up for a yoga teacher training. What's like the number one on your list? I think for most people, it's when they get to this place where they're like, I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. Like they're starting to notice that this is having an effect on them and they can't quite pinpoint what it is. Mm -hmm. And they want, they want the, they want the hows and the whys and the what's as opposed Mm -hmm. to the just do this, just do that. Mm -hmm. And they find that yoga becomes more of a center of their life and they are kind of always ready to go to yoga also. They've always got their clothes and their bags and their mats in the back of their car just in case. And they tend, I notice, especially people that start in my teacher training, they keep, they start buying yoga books. And so they're reading and they're learning on their own, but it is different learning on your own or learning in an online setting than it is in a one-on-one setting with a teacher. Yeah, I think that's a great differentiation. But I think to your point is all of a sudden students go from this question of, you know, what is this doing in my body? And Uh or they shift in their language, like, hey, honey, I'm out of here. I'm going to yoga to, hey, honey, really want you to do yoga with me because these things are happening to me. And I think you'd love it if these things would happen to you too. But Uh like this language changes. Now it's not just informing people, hey, I went to yoga last night. Now it's, hey, I really think you should do yoga. Like you Uh literally move in this place of, of, I know it's doing things for me and I really mm-hmm. want it to do wonderful things for other people too. Yeah. And a lot of times the other people just confirm that for you because they see you change. And so sometimes when you do ask them, they're like, oh, heck yeah, I want some of what you got. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is you're <laughs> sipping on, I want some of mm-hmm. that too. Like, yeah, oh, absolutely. What's the flavor of Kool-Aid you're drinking? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I find too that sometimes people start to feel stuck in their practice because maybe Maybe they're not positive, you know, they know how to do a chaturanga, but they're not really sure what's happening with their arms and they want to know more. They want to know more of the details about alternate nostril breathing, or they want to know more about the yamas and the niyamas. So they all of a sudden get this thirst for knowledge. And that's, I mean, that's like an ideal person to 
sign up for a teacher training. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like a perfect segue really into kind of the order of madness that I did my list of, are you a candidate for? And this is one of those things where it doesn't have to be that you check every one of the boxes, but Mm -hmm. if you check one or two of these boxes, then you're probably on your way to thinking or considering that you want to know more than just what the average yoga class is teaching you in 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Especially if, and I, I'm not dissing, but I'm kind of dissing, if you're doing non-boutique style <clears throat> or if you're doing yoga asana in a gym scenario where they're not able to fully dispel the philosophy and the intelligence of Sanskrit and pranayama with you. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are some facilities you know, near here where they're doing yoga classes for sure and they're teaching asana, but they're teaching it as this is your posture, you touch your hands to your toes, or you're going to open into triangle, you know, they're not using any Sanskrit, they're not talking about the philosophy of stirum and sukum, that balance in the posture or or finding your prana or, you know, any Mm -hmm. energetics that goes along with it. I feel like if you're very attracted to that, then you need to be moving into boutique style yoga where you can really get some of that deeper intelligence. Mm -hmm. And then you'll know for sure if this is a path you want to journey down, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I love it when you talk yoga philosophy in class and people get excited. Mm -hmm. That excitement to learn more. I mean, we're as humans, we're just learners. You know, there's You know, you and I talk all the time about how we're lifelong learners and we always will be. But I think just the average human does like to learn more. And so when we, you know, people start, they quit looking at, well, I can't do those poses. And they start looking at, why am I doing that pose? Why should I be doing this pose? What does this pose do for me? And they start looking at it that way as a good indication that you may want to delve deeper. Yeah, for sure. I have it listed in my, I did like a little cheat sheet. So I start Mm -hmm. with physical. Okay. So how do you know you're ready to move from yoga student to yoga teacher? And it doesn't mean only yoga teacher. It means that you've moved from yoga student to yoga student and teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Because you'll always be a yoga student. But so physically feel like it's when you move from the how to do the pose to the why are we doing Mm -hmm. the pose, right? So it's not just your right foot forward, but now it's engage this muscle to protect this joint. Mm -hmm. Then you start learning the anatomical intelligence to it. Another one would be when you start to notice subtle body changes. So it's not, oh, hey, I dropped 15 pounds while I did yoga for the last three months. But now it's, oh, while I was doing yoga for the last three months, I also noticed that I had this great toning in my shoulder and my the inflammation of my rotator cuff has gone down. And now I am able to sustain, you know, more with my arms than I was before, like right mm-hmm. subtle body intelligence. And then maybe the third piece to the physical awareness is noticing how much your yoga practice affects your central nervous system. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I came in, I was all wound up. I was supercharged from the day. And when I left class, I was different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's when you start to really clue into that powerful effect that you're maybe moving from student to teacher. Mm -hmm. I love that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I take it then down the mental path. 
Like, right. Because we also know if we look at yoga from its definition of the unification of mind, body, and soul, like, right. Mm -hmm. That the next piece is a mental piece. And we know we've talked about this when we talked about on our episodes about mental wellness and mental disorders Mm -hmm. is that from a whole, we know that yoga has a really big healing factor for a lot of mental illnesses. But from the standpoint of how do we know we're moving from student to teacher is when while we're having our practice, we notice that mental shift. And mm-hmm. and and we just alluded to it like, wow, I came in and I was supercharged. I was really anxious from A, B, C, and D in my day. And when I left, I had let it settle. I was no longer reactive, feeling peaceful and calm. Like you literally had a mental shift, right? Mm-hmm. The other is when, and you and I have both experienced this as teachers, I'm sure, where you hear a student for eight weeks come in and they leave and they're like, I love that class. They come out. I love that class. They come out. That was the best class ever. (laughs) You know, you're the best teacher ever. And then all of a sudden they come out and they're like, you know what? Ever since I've been taking this class at 530, I have noticed my life has changed. Now Mm -hmm. it's not just that class today was right. It was this experience is changing my life, right? And it's amazing how often that happens. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when people start to notice that shift, then they're on their path, right? Mm-hmm. The other would be taking notice of recognizing your responses in life. And this was one where I think this was my realization was somewhere three, four, five, six months into my yoga practice, I noticed I wasn't reacting. I was not as reactive in life. Like I would literally be sitting in a meeting where normally I would have been blood boiling and my (laughs) pressure rising and getting frustrated. And I'm like, wow, like instead of me internalizing it, I would just have this general like quiet moment where I'd be like, wow, I really wish that that person could do yoga, (laughs) you know? And all of a Uh sudden it was this shift in my thinking Mm -hmm. instead of me taking it all on. And I would just take this nice big cleansing breath and I'd be like, wow, that yoga shit really is doing something for me. (laughs) Because I would have normally have blown up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely a very big mental shift for me. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I categorized it on the spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And this is another one of those awakenings. And again, it doesn't have to mean we're talking about specific religion or faith because we're not. We're Mm -hmm. just talking about your spiritual awakening. And this happens on the mat too, from that same standpoint of, wow, that was really a great class. But the language changes from they come out and they're like, oh, Kat, I loved your theme. Or, oh, Kat, that poem you read was great. Can I get a copy of that poem? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, that song you chose was really awesome. But instead it moves into this place of, while you were reading that poem, I shifted and in my mind, I went on a journey and I feel like I just had this epiphany, right? Like it's a totally different experience, Mm -hmm. right? I agree. It it creates self-reflection. It creates, you know, a journey into spirituality, but then it also just creates this life 
life-altering experience. And how many times have you had students say to you, Kat, ever since I've done yoga, my life has changed? Mm-hmm. Uh, regularly. Regularly. Yeah. yeah. No. Life-altering yep. experiences. Mm-hmm. And health benefits that are just unbelievable coming off of meds and you know, doctors saying, what are you doing? Keep doing it. Those kind of changes, you know, that are the physical level that are just incredible. Yep. And Mm -hmm. then taking it to the mental level, like people are able to change their doses of medicines they're taking because they're just improving their mental outlook and their energetics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whole body experience. mm -hmm. I think another reason people like to do to take a teacher training or is they find a community they find a group of like-minded people and they kind of see a lot of times in studios i know we both have quite a few teachers they see that community within the instructors there and with and with the owners and they want that they want to be part of that community because it's all people that are on the same path to health and wellness and better life that and they are like i just want a little piece of that i want to be around you guys and so i do think a lot of times that is a driving factor as well oh a hundred percent people are gravitating towards that tribe they're like oh Mm -hmm. i finally found my tribe Mm -hmm. like i had no idea that i was living amongst a bunch of these other tribes that i thought were my tribes but i wasn't really fitting in but now Mm -hmm. i'm connecting and i fit in and i'm okay like i had some Somebody say it just the other day, like I had no idea this woo woo stuff was going to be for me. And I was like, (laughs) but we love this woo woo stuff. Uh And they're like, I love this woo woo stuff too. And I'm like, so see. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. You know, some people, I think, come to teacher trainings because they want yoga to help them overcome something. I had, I've had people that do teacher training because they want to be more confident in front of groups. So it doesn't have to be a big spiritual awakening. It could just be, I want to be comfortable in front of groups, or I want to overcome my anxieties interacting with people on, on, you know, one-on-one levels. And so a lot of times I think that people, and I have had a couple of people that have come just because of trying to yoga, helping them overcome things. One girl that talked about doing the yoga teacher training had PTSD and she thought learning more about yoga would help her. And she had no desire to teach, but Mm -hmm. she wanted to go in depth with the learning of everything about yoga because of just helping herself. Yeah. I think back when I took yoga teacher training, I didn't want to teach either. And now Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was silly. But Uh, I do think it's interesting. I have had a couple different people who have taken my teacher training program who came with zero experience. mm -hmm. And they both commented that they wanted to take yoga teacher training so that they could learn it so that when they started their practice, they started Mm -hmm. it correctly as opposed to having to correct incorrect postures, you know, or Mm -hmm. bad habits. And I thought that was interesting. And, you know, both of them were like, can I take your teacher training if I have no yoga experience? And I was like, yeah, like, my teacher training will be taught in a way that teachers could teach back to beginners. And so I have no problem that you be a beginner while we're teaching it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's interesting too. Mm -hmm. So tell us on your list, I know you have a list of (laughs) what are people's excuses 
and or what are the things that keep them from doing teacher training? Because we know we hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. We do hear it all the time. Well, one of the main ones, one of the number one reasons is they feel like they need to be young or thin or strong or flexible. They have an excuse related to their physical body. They will say, well, I'm to pick something. They're pretty much dismissing themselves without even giving themselves a chance. And because yoga is not only about the physical, you know, it's about, you know, the physical practice makes up what, 12% of the path of yoga. But the, a lot of times these harsh judgments are, well, I would say not a lot, all the time, the harsh judgments really exist in our own head, you know? And so uh, that is, I think, one of the biggest Mm -hmm. reasons is they don't think they look right. Look right. But, and you know. or I've injured this or I've injured that or uh-huh. right. And my response always is we teach throughout our teacher training program modifications for your injury, my injury, the next person's injury. Uh-huh. Like that's what we're also working on uh-huh. so that we can make this accessible to all bodies, all injuries, all things. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. And I always remind them that yoga is not a competitive sport. Right. You know, it's we are not competing, you know, to have the best headstand. We're not competing to be the best of anything. We're just working on ourselves. And, you know, when I first started teaching yoga in 2000, the yoga instructors looked different than they do today. And it's, it's very, I love that there is every size, shape and age of yoga instructors now. You know, I had in my very first teacher training, I taught, I had a lady that signed up that was 80 and she had done yoga for years and years, she had just never done a teacher training. And when I first started teaching yoga 22 years ago, you wouldn't have seen an 80 year old signing up for class, you know, very often. So I think that the way people assume an instructor is supposed to look is one of the big things. But, you know, a lot of times, people just, you know, feel like, well, I don't want to be a teacher. I already have a job. So, you know, I'd like to know a little bit more about yoga, but they convince themselves that it's, they don't want to be a teacher. And so they don't sign up for a training. And we've already discussed this quite a bit, but that's another one that, um, you know, you need to be prepared to pivot in your life. Maybe you have a job right now, but who knows if you want to have a part-time hobby teaching yoga or teaching your husband or your kids or someone at home, just having that knowledge and that skill set. I'm all about having extra skill sets. Right. Well, and sometimes it's even just some major shift in your own life where now maybe you're not able to go to a studio and instead of, you know, watching it online, you now have enough of your own knowledge that you could, Mm -hmm. you know, run through your own asana sequences in your own home with Mm -hmm. yourself. We adapt, like you say, adapt and pivot. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. And we've already discussed that, that a lot of times people think, well, I like yoga, but I am not a yogi. You know, I I really, I I haven't been doing it long enough. It is a practice that has been around for over 5,000 years and people of all ages and sizes, there's no, no one is a perfect yogi because, you know, as we say in yoga, it's called a yoga practice, not a yoga perfect. That's one reason. Another one is a lot of times people just feel intimidated, you know, join the club. We're all intimidated, you know, and it's a big decision. 
if you decide to sign up for a teacher training, it's not anything to take lightly. And I have I have had people take it lightly, thinking it was just going to be some little easy fluff thing. There's a lot of learning that goes on in a teacher training. It's not something that you can do on a weekend or, you know, a one month, you know, time frame. It's it takes a lot of time. And, you know, before a lot of people sign up, I don't know anyone that isn't nervous. You know, even teachers that I have had that have been personal trainers or taught aerobics or whatever to sign up for a yoga teacher training, it can be intimidating. Right. But, you know, learning to understand what your concerns are and talk to the teachers that will be teaching it in advance and get them to help alleviate your concerns because everyone's scared at one time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think, too, another one that I hear or another couple reasons that I always hear is time and money. Uh-huh. Yeah. And 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 I understand that. However, I also offer or use the reasoning it will never be the right time and place to move. It will never be mm-hmm. the right time and dollar to have a child. It will never be the right time and dollar to switch your job. It will never be the right time and dollar to get married. But don't let that stop you mm-hmm. because you could also be missing on the best opportunity that's walked mm-hmm. through your door in a long time. Well, and a lot of schools have scholarships mm-hmm. to help you. Yoga schools have payment plans. So you you just check and see, not all of them do, but check and see which ones, what kind of options there may be for you in your area. And one thing about the time, I'm glad you mentioned that because I never have enough time to do anything. You know, you never have enough time. But when it's something that's a priority in my life, I make time, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that when someone decides now, I have had people going through and getting a doctorate at the same time as yoga teacher training. So I figure if I was getting a PhD and could do yoga at the same time, then maybe that was kind of helping it. But, you know, that said, you know, there is always time to do what's important for you, you know, yeah. because how much time do we waste? And you and I've talked about this before, looking at TikTok or Facebook or watching it, you know, binging a Netflix series. And those kind of things are important just for downtime, but you can get that same kind of downtime in a more, in a healthier way. Yeah. In a teacher training. Yeah. That makes me think about just in general, like the time and place. And you say you'll make the time. I also venture to say that I don't know anybody who's taken at least the yoga teacher training at our studio who hasn't loved their experience Mm -hmm. and come away from it saying, I'm so thankful that I did that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. I also hear, well, I would love to do that, but I don't want to leave my kids. I don't want to leave my dog or my goldfish, (laughs) you know? So, you know, a lot of times people don't want to spend time away from their loved ones. And it's not that they're afraid they're going to miss them so much. A lot of times I find that they feel like they're being too indulgent. Mm -hmm. But you know, they don't, a lot of times people don't realize you have to take care of you to be the best you for all these people that you love. Yep. And then the amount Mm -hmm. of time that you'll be able to spend with them when you're done Mm -hmm. and be fully present because that's what Mm -hmm. you learn during your teacher training is fully present. So Mm -hmm. I love that. And the last one I have is people often will say they're not knowledgeable enough. Well, that's like saying you're too dirty to take a bath. You know, (laughs) you, you know, or you're too hungry 
hungry to eat. We can go down the whole list. Mm. Not many people. I mean, I've had one or two people that have come to teacher trainings that knew quite a bit, but not many. That's why they come. They come to gain knowledge. Yep. Yep. I agree. Totally. So the moral of the story is if you think you're interested in teacher training, we're confirming that you are interested. (laughs) (laughs) And don't let that imposter syndrome. I didn't mention that one, but a lot of times people feel like, well, there's so many great teachers out there. I couldn't be one. Yeah. I'll never be like you. Well, Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to be because you're supposed to be like you. You. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And like you said, I have never heard anyone say, I wish I hadn't done that teacher training. Yeah. I've never heard that because you gain so much insight, not just about yoga, but you grow so much within yourself. It's the inner work that's sometimes a little scary, but is so rewarding that it can be life-changing. So fulfilling. Mm -hmm. So So do it. Do it. Just just do it. (laughs) Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.